Tonight we're talking about talking donkeys. Um, last week we talked about uh, how how Samuel had to confront the priest Eli, right? Okay, so we talked, man, ooh, those Frito pies are coming back. Okay, we, uh, last week we talked about how Samuel had to confront the priest Eli because of Eli's family. They were doing wrong things, and he knew that. And so tonight we're going to kind of go in that same vein, keep, keep talking about how, how God speaks to us and the voice of God. The voice is our current sermon series. And so this first question is this, how do you react when somebody tells you what to do? Yes, ma'am. Do I have to? That's the first question, right? Yes. Depends who the person is. But you react differently if Chase asks you to do something versus if your mom asks you, right? Right? If your younger sibling asks you, you're like, no, go away. Why are you talking to me, right? Right? But if your mom does, you're like, okay, yes, I'll do it. You know, yeah, okay, we react differently. That's true. And, you know, but, but, but see, last week we talked about Eli. Samuel was way younger than him, but he knew that God was using Samuel to speak through him. And sometimes a brother or sister in Christ confronts you and tells you something that angers you. You know, if you're doing something wrong and somebody says, hey, stupid. Stop doing that. You know, hopefully they don't do it just like that. I mean, depending on your relationship with them or whatever, you know. Um, but, you know, when we confront one another in love, sometimes it's hard to, to, hard to take that. But Proverbs 27, 6 says this. It says, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. So an enemy will, will, will say nice things about you without meaning them. That's what the multiplies kisses means. But a friend, if a friend who you really trust tells you something that hurts, it's probably true, and they have their, they have your best interest at heart, right? You know, like, like you know, if, if I, for example, were to gain like 15 pounds, okay, okay, like in April, I'm going to see my buddy Nathan, he's getting married in April, so I'm going to go see, 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 oh, see, oh, see, oh, see, April, if I was, I was like 200, 200 pounds, I've been about five years, years, he could be like, like, There is too much money right now, and I would take that because it's from a friend who I trust and who I love, and he could say that to me, and it would be okay or whatever. And you know, and so, or, or you know, or, or for example, I met his his fiance a couple months ago, and if I met her and thought, dude, she's terrible for him, why is she with him, or why is he with her? I would have told him that. I didn't think that. She's awesome. She seems very cool, and she's an AG pastor's kid, so you know I'm in favor. Um, but uh, you know, like we have the ability as friends to confront, and, and Christians especially, to confront in love when we have to. You know, tonight we're going to talk about a guy who needed to hear something like that. Okay, we're going to talk about a dude named Balaam. Now, normally the story of Balaam, the big point is, dude, the donkey can talk, right? And that's true. The donkey does talk. But we're going to get a little more into it. We're going to give you a little bit of context, and so you kind of know a little more than that. So let's get some background here, okay? We're in the book of Numbers. This is on the U version. I didn't put every scripture in there because we're going to, the whole story is 35 verses long. I didn't want to put that whole thing, but some big important ones are on there. If you would like to uh, 
to turn to Numbers 22 in your Bible, you are welcome to do that uh, if, if that's what you want to do. But we're going to be in Numbers 22, and here's the deal. The Israelites are about to enter the promised land, okay? They have, you know, they've wandered in the desert for 40 years, and they're getting ready to enter the promised land. They're in a place called Moab, the plains of Moab, which is near the Jordan River. Um, and the people of that area, the Moabites, were scared because they knew that the Israelites had God's blessing, and they're like, dude, the Israelites are about to take us down, and it's going to stink. Like, they knew that, and so the Moabites were terrified. It says they were afraid of being licked up, just like I lick up some Whataburger. There would be nothing left, right? You know, there was going to be nothing left, and so that's what they were worried about. They knew that, that if the Israelites came at them, nothing would remain. So King Balak, okay, Balak is the king. I'm going to call him the king because Balak sounds too much like Balaam and it confuses even me and I've heard this story my whole life. So we're going to call him the king. The king of Moab sends for Balaam and he says, hey, Balaam has a relationship with God, okay? So the king sends for Balaam. He says, listen, here's, here, I need you to help. And, and Balak, or Balaam knows that the king is a king, so he got what? He got money, right? The king has money. So Balaam's like, all right, the king is rich. I'm going to see what he wants. Maybe he'll give me some of that money. So the king says, hey, Balaam, curse the Israelites for me. Like, I don't want them to come and take over my territory. Do me a favor, curse them for me so that they'll be, so they won't be able to do it. And so Balaam's like, I don't know about that. I got to go ask God. In verse 8, it says this, spend the night here, Balaam said to them, and I will bring you back the answer the Lord gives me. So the Moabite princes stayed with him. So, so far, so good. He's like, listen, I hear your request. Let me go see what God has to say about that before I give you an answer, which is what we should always do. You know, if somebody asks us a big favor, you know, I mean, we want to help people out, but especially if it might go against something. So it's like, hey, do me a favor, go burn the church down. Let me go pray about that. God's probably going to say no, right? You know, that's basically what we're at here. Hey, do me a favor, go burn. Yeah, no, we, we're not going to do that. So he says, you know what? I'm going to go pray about it. Sounds good. Okay. So he goes, yes, ma'am curse. So like, you know, that was, you know, we have blessings and curses that we can speak over people. Um, and so like sometimes God would bless a certain thing. In this case, he had blessed the Israelites. And so that means that they had God's favor. To curse something would be to take away God's favor. Like Jesus cursed the fig tree and it died. So that's what it means to curse. It doesn't mean like to swear like we would today, like go drop F-bombs at them. No, that's not what it means. It means to go and speak, speak bad over them and take away God's blessing. That's what it means. That's a good question though. Okay, so, so Balaam goes to talk to God. He's like, all right, I'm going to go ask God about this. And God says, who are these men with you? And Balaam says, well, hey, they want me to curse the Israelites. And God's like, well, I already blessed them, so you should not do that. You should definitely not curse the Israelites because I've already blessed them. So this is where it gets interesting. Balaam comes back to the dudes, okay? He comes back to the king's men, and uh, this is verse 13. The next morning, Balaam got up and said to Balak's princes, go back to your own country, for the Lord has refused to let me go with you. Now, something interesting here. How many of you guys, somebody has asked you to do something that you don't want to do? And you're like, or like, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like somebody said, hey, dude, you should come over to my house. But you know that person is not really the kind of person whose house you want to go over probably. And so you just go, well, my mom won't let me. You didn't even ask your mom. You just be like, yeah, my mom won't let me, you know, because you don't want to be like, I don't want to come. So you put the blame on mom. And I've done that. You know, we, sometimes we do that stuff or we'd be like, you know, you know, we put the blame on somebody else, you know, and, and just because we don't want to take responsibility. Well, that's what he does. You notice Balaam didn't say, 
because God has already blessed them. He just said, sorry, dudes, God said no. That's it. You know, God, God said no. But then the question is, why did he do that? Like, like, why would he do that? Because even though God was trying to protect him, Balaam knew he had another agenda. We're going to get to that in a few minutes. So then in verses 15 through 17, the king comes back with more money. Okay, this is verse 15. It says, then Balak sent other princes more numerous and distinguished than the first. So these are even more high and mighty dudes. They came to Balaam and said, this is what Balak, son of Zippor, says. <laughs> His name is Zipper. Uh, do not let anything keep you from coming to me because I will reward you handsomely and do whatever you say. Come and put a curse on these people for me. So the king is like, dude, I'll give you even more money than I promised before. He's like, here, have some more. I got, you, th- you thought that was a good offer? Here, I got more for you. I'm going to offer you this much. And so at this point, Balaam turns it down again. We're like, okay, things seem good so far. But see, he, God knew Balaam's heart. And Balaam really wanted, he was just trying to work this guy for more money. Like, he was like a car salesman or whatever, just trying to work the guy for some more money is all it was. He didn't have a problem doing it necessarily. He wanted the money. And so he's saying he loves God. But what he really is, he's, in the, he, he, he's just out for himself. And that happens to us. We can say we love God, but... It's easy to do that, but we will get opportunities to prove it. See, it's easy for us to say we love God, but God will give us chances to prove it sometimes. You know, it's one thing to say, yeah, man, I'm a Christian. It's another thing when your friend goes, hey, come to this party, and you know there's going to be drugs and alcohol there, and go, you know what? No, I can't do that. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to blame my mom. I'm just going to say, no, I'm not going to do that because I don't believe in that. It's one thing to say, yeah, I love God, but I speak from experience. When you get in that opportunity where it's you and a certain attractive member of the opposite gender and you're alone and you're like, hey, I love God, but this is looking pretty good too right now. Like, like that's, a, that's a chance to prove it and go, you know what? No, I'm saving myself. I'm committed to God and saving myself for marriage. That's easy to do until it comes time to prove it sometimes. So that's an interesting, God is say here, you say you love me, here's your chance to prove it. So God says, all right, Balaam, go with him. I know that's what you want to do. I'm going to let you go with these guys. And, but only do what I say to do. That's what God says. God says, hey, you can go, but just do what I tell you, okay? Don't do anything else. And so because God knows Balaam's heart, why does he let him go then? Hmm? Anybody like that's not rhetorical? Somebody... He wants to let him learn the lesson. Yeah, sometimes God will let us get into trouble to teach us a lesson. And if your parents ever done that, like they know you're doing something stupid and they're going to let you do it anyways so that you can learn the lesson. It reminds me of, uh, there's, a, there's a comedian who talks about that. He's like, you know, he's like, when you're, he's like, your mom will give you knowledge, your dad will make you earn knowledge. He says, you know, when I was a kid, take a penny and go for that light socket. My mom would be like, don't you do that. You hurt yourself. Dad would be like, no, wait, wait, watch. You know, and when you send yourself across the room with electricity, you have learned your lesson, right? Sometimes God does that. Sometimes God will let us get into trouble and learn our lessons, you know? Yes, ma'am. Sometimes, yes. Not all of like that. It's a comedian. It's a comic joke, you know. But, but yeah, there are, at times it's like that, you know? Um, you know, your mom can tell you that the stove is hot, but when you reach out and touch the stove, you really learned a lesson, right? That's when you know for sure the stove is hot. So God's like, you know what? I'm going to let him chase his own sin in order for him to learn it, learn from it and grow. Because God will allow us to chase our sin for us to learn a lesson. So Balaam goes with him. Now we get to the star of the story, right? Now we get to the donkey. And uh, 
So Balaam's on his donkey, and he's riding to the, to, to the king's place. He's going to go talk to the king here. And, and while he's riding, all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord is in the road with a sword, okay? I love these things where the angel shows up with the sword, because it reminds me, like, in the book of Joshua, that happens. And I just imagine some dude in the middle of the mall with, like, a pistol pulled out. You know, like, that's kind of the equivalent. Like, we think, oh, he's got a sword. Yeah, that makes sense. But you didn't just pull your sword for no reason, just like today you don't pull a gun for no reason. Imagine you're walking down the road, and there's a dude in the road with a gun, right? We're calling the cops. We're freaking out. But it's an angel, and he's only visible to the donkey. See, the angel isn't visible to Balaam. And so the donkey, I love this. this is, it's so funny when you read this stuff because <laughs> he's riding along. He's on the donkey, and he's on the road, and all of a sudden the donkey just turns into a field. Like, imagine if your car just turned itself into the driveway somewhere, and you're like, dude, I was trying to go that way. Why am I in the Walmart parking lot? You know? So that's what happens. The donkey just turns itself into the field, okay? So he's like, so he beats the donkey. You know, beats the donkey a couple times. Okay, let's get back on the road. He gets back on the road. Now they're in a place where there's, it's really narrow, and there's walls on either side, right? So, so he's driving, and the donkey starts crushing his foot against the wall. He's trying to get out of the way because he can still see the angel with the sword, and so he starts to squish his foot, and so again, he starts beating the guy, you know, the he, Balaam beats the donkey again. So finally, the donkey just lays down. Donkey's just like, fine, forget it. We're done. You know, the donkey just lays down, and, and he's like, you know what? We're not going anywhere. And again, he's beating the tar out of the donkey. Now, this is where it gets weird, okay? It gets already kind of weird. It gets weirder here, okay? Verses 28 through 30. Here we go. Verses 28 through 30 of Numbers 22. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? Balaam answered the donkey, You have made a fool of me. If I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. See, you get why this is weird. Good. I'm glad you got that. Yeah, this is so weird. See, that's, and that's the third big point here. When we have our eyes set on something that is not of God, we do crazy things, right? Because not only is the donkey talking to him, but he's talking back. I think if the donkey starts talking to me, I'm going to be like, okay, wake up, you know, start trying to wake myself up or trying to remember what I had for dinner last night. Like, dude, what kind of dream am I having? What was in that chili, you know? Um, like, dude, what the heck? The donkey is talking to him, and not only is it talking to him, but he's responding, right? Like, if my dog starts talking to me, I'm not talking back. I'm running away. I'm not having that junk because that's weird, but Balaam starts having a conversation with the donkey. It really is like Shrek, you know. He doesn't freak out. He's like, well, sure, you know, you're right. You've never, you know, he's having a conversation. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's so weird. I would not be having a conversation with this donkey. But see, that's what happens. Sometimes we find ourselves in a situation way outside of what we thought we were getting into. You know, and it started because we took our eyes off just a little bit. You know, it's like, yeah, I wasn't planning on having sex with that girl. We were just kissing. I wasn't planning on getting drunk. I just went over there to hang out. You know, I, I didn't plan on cheating on that test. I just glanced around. Because, because sometimes a little bitty thing takes our eyes off the prize, and then we end up way further than we want, away than we wanted to. I've heard it said this way. So I'll quote, sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. So you never plan on going to the extent that you end up at. You know, but sometimes we end up there. And that's what happened here. Balaam took his eyes off a of God. He, he put his eyes on this money, and he ended up 
talking to the flipping donkey. Like, he ends up in this totally screwed up, weird place because the donkey represents the people in our lives who are trying to protect us even when we can't tell it. The donkey was trying to help him avoid the danger. The donkey could see the, the angel with the sword. You don't want to run into that guy. And so the donkey was trying to help him avoid that danger, but he's flipping out, man. He's just like, nope, not having it, you know. And, and, the, and just like that, we have people in our lives, you know. Like I mentioned earlier, your mom tells you the stove is hot, but sometimes you've got to put your hand on the stove and learn. Your mom's trying to help you. She's like, hey, dude, I tried to tell you, dog. You know, you know, you ever had some like, dude, I, I told you so. Like, I told you if you played in traffic, you were going to hit by a car, but you didn't listen. Now, did you? You know, and so we have those people. And that's a, obviously a funny one. You know, we joke about that. But seriously, Balaam saw a donkey keeping him from his money. But <laughs> the donkey saw, dude, I'm trying to keep you from dying, you know. And so, who does the donkey represent in your life? Who is it in your life, or how is it that God is trying to get your attention? We'll come to that in a second. Because it's so easy for us to get frustrated when somebody is in the way of our goal, or what we think we're headed to. And then we can tear it down. Like, man, I hear people talk trash about their teachers all the time. And there's, there's no such thing as a perfect teacher, but I tell you this, all of your teachers have, the best in, have your best interest at heart. You may not like their methods, and I know I used to be a teacher, so I come down on the teacher's side sometimes, but I guarantee you, your teachers are trying to do what is best for you. You may not always get it. You may not see the big picture. But when I hear people talking trash about their teachers, I'm just like, you know, that teacher's got to. Teacher's got to deal with 150 of you. You know, think about that all day. You know, your teachers, your parents, your pastors, and your other adults. We have your best interest in mind, and even when we say, "Hey, dude, that's stupid. Don't do that," or we say, "Hey, you should do this," and you're like, "I don't want to do that. That's responsibility. I don't want to take." Yeah, we're trying to help you out, but sometimes we tear those people down, and I've been there. You know, I've I've had people be like. Hey, moron, quit doing that. And I'm like, but it's fun, you know, <laughs> but it's not good for you. So, you know, sure, it'd be fun to eat 12 cupcakes in one sitting. Would it be good for me? No, it would not, you know. And when you're, and when you're a little kid and your parents are like, dude, I know you had three cupcakes last week. Yeah, worth the sugar, I remember. But, you know, when your parents are like, dude, stop, that's too much sugar. And you're like, no, it's good. And then later when you're puking up, they're like, see, I told you. So, now, luckily, the end of this story ends good. Th verses 31 through 34 goes like this. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. The angel of the Lord asked him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. He's like, Dude, I'm looking out for you. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If she had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now, and I would have spared her. He's like, I'd have killed you and left the donkey alive, jerk. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now if you were displeased, I will go back. So Balaam repents, and he realizes his problem, and he says, you know what? My bad. I'm sorry. I'll fix it. I'll go back. I won't go and do this thing. And they keep trying to get him to do it. There's more to the story, but that's where we're going to end tonight is verse 34. God used a donkey to get Balaam's attention and free him from his madness because God doesn't give up on us. You know, God, God wants us to be in his will. So the big question is, what is God trying to use to get your attention? And how are you reacting? You know, you might be able to think of a specific thing where, you know what? Oh, yeah, that was, that was the, you know, the metaphorical donkey trying to get my attention. We're almost done, I promise, guys. I know. I know there's people starting to move and stuff. But 
when God uses something to get us attention, we have to react properly. We have to, have to, uh, have to accept it. We have to be like, oh, yeah, shouldn't do that. You know, and sometimes it's hard. Just like Eli and Samuel, I imagine for a guy like Eli who had been a priest a long time, he was an old dude, he's wise, a lot of people trust in him. He's got this little kid, this like 11-year-old, telling him what to do. That was probably hard for Eli to say, you know what, you're right. I know that what you have to say is from God, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to that. So tonight, that's where we're going to close, okay? We're going to pray, and I want to pray for you guys, and I want you to think about that. I want you to ask yourself that question. Who is it, or what is it that God is using to get my attention that I've been trying to ignore? God, I pray tonight, Lord, for these students. God, I pray that you would put people in their lives, God, so that when we begin to to go off the right path, we begin to go sideways, that you would have somebody in there to help point us right. And I pray that we would take that and we would listen to that person. We would not beat them like a donkey. We would not push them away, God, but we would accept their guidance. Lord, I pray for that we would be that for one another, God, that when we see somebody doing something that, that isn't right, God, that we sometimes need to be a donkey and we need to say, hey, stop it. Don't be stupid. God, I pray that we would be able to do that in love and that when those times come, we would be able to handle it properly and in, in brotherly and sisterly love as, as brothers and sisters in Christ, God. But I pray that when, when those times come, when somebody points something out to us, when somebody tries to correct us for our own good, God, that we would have soft hearts to receive it, that we would be able to react well to that. God, that we would react with grace and with love because that's how people are going to come to us. God, I pray that you would put people in our lives, whether it be leaders and teachers and parents and friends and pastors, God, that we would all have people in our lives who are not afraid to tell us, who are not afraid to be that donkey for us, God, who are, help us stay on the right path. The Proverbs 27, God, as iron sharpens iron. God, I pray that we would have those people and we would listen to them. God, I pray that you would bless each of these students as they go, God, and uh, as they come back. Keep us safe in the winter storm that's coming tomorrow. And uh, God, just that you would bring us back together on Sunday for Bible study and church and fine arts and all that good stuff, God, and Saturday night for the rally. God, we thank you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.